0: Head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. I have two very important questions today. First, from Margo asking about ways to teach personal space to her four-year-old. And this answer is pretty quick and easy, so it'll be short. But the next question from Anna about working with her two-year-old and setting up boundaries without stifling independence as she would like to instill leadership skills and qualities in him as he ages. Now that question is a little more involved and intricate. So I'll get into several different areas and topics to help set Anna on the right path on her goals to raising an independent, responsible, goal-oriented little guy. For everyone who's been on summer vacation recently, I hope it was a great one. Obviously, we made it back from vacation. Unfortunately, we didn't get the chance to visit Yosemite. Now, before I get to the questions, a few highlights. We visited Monterey, and one of my listeners even made a nice comment on my Instagram picture after I posted some pictures of my beautiful run there. We stayed in these fun little cabins. Well, we only stayed in one of a group of cabins that were super family-oriented. Very cool grounds with fun things for the kids. Of course, we visited the aquarium and as expected, the moment we walked in to buy our tickets, Chandler asked the woman if they had a peacock mantis shrimp and they did. When we found it, he was so excited. And he would have sat there all day staring at it if we would have let him. Every time another child came by to look, he told them all about it. And I posted pictures to my Instagram. So if you're curious what a peacock mantis shrimp looks like, you can find it on my Instagram account at ironmom2020. It's in a collage of pictures I have of the aquarium. We also hit the Winchester Mystery House, which I've always wanted to see. I lived in Cupertino for six months when I was in ninth grade and we never went. So then we went to South Lake Tahoe and fell in love with the town, the lake, the ski village, both below and up on the mountain, all the biking trails. We rented a Surrey bike so we could ride as one big family. And I'll post pictures of that to Instagram as well in the next day or so. We ended up spending two days on the mountain doing several ropes courses and other attractions. Another couple pictures I need to post have really gotten behind. My boys are both Fearless, especially Chandler, and my daughter, however, did not enjoy it and was in tears on the first ropes course we did. My husband and I were also pretty nervous and tentative, but it was a fun challenge. So I'll get those pictures up on the Instagram account. So now we're back home, back to reality. The kids started school last week. Another reason I didn't get a podcast out last week. It just was too much trying to get everything back into the swing of the school routine. So let's get to the first question. Hi, Erin. Thank you so much for having such a wonderful way to learn and grow as a parent without feeling judged. I'm working my way through your classes because I feel like I'm really struggling with this parenting gig. I'm currently struggling with my almost five-year-old son who is always getting in everyone's faces and personal space. This happens on a regular basis, either with objects or his own body, being his face, hands or feet. Can you offer some help? Thank you so much, Margot, mother of two beautiful babies. So first, I'm really glad, Margo, that you're finding the classes so helpful and without judgment. That's very important to me. So I'm glad that that is your experience. I'm also glad that Margo asked this question because this is a very common behavior for kids up through four and even five years old. So here is some guidance on teaching personal space. Again, it's common for kids to not understand this well at his age. So he's very normal in this arena. Between the ages of two and a half to four and a half, children begin to understand personal space between friends and how it's different than personal space we have with family. For kids in the ages two to five, their peers tend to be very forgiving and understanding when kids don't quite adhere to the concept of personal space. But it's really around the ages of six to seven that peers will start to get annoyed with kids who violate personal space. Close talking, too much touching, leaning on others too much, that kind of thing. To teach about personal space, you can share that it is a minimum distance from the elbow to the hand. So you would have him place his elbow on his tummy and show him that where his hand reaches is his personal space or his bubble. And then show him where your personal space starts and ends with your elbow on your stomach out to your hands. You also can show him by making a circle in front of you with your arms like you're holding a big ball in front of you. Explain that personal space is yours and his is his, and it is a space that everyone has the right to maintain unless you invite them in or they invite you into theirs. Now just introduce the concept and remind him when he gets too close. You can ask him to show how big his friend's personal space is or yours and remind him that he needs to get permission to enter that space to make sure the other person is comfortable with it. If they have not invited him in, then remind him he needs to keep their personal space open for them. The next question is from Anna about her two-year-old son. Hi, Aaron. My husband and I love your podcast. They inspire us to be better parents. Thank you. We would love to know better how we can promote leadership skills. We often find ourselves, especially at this age, setting limitations constantly, and we would not like to stunt him. So this is a really great question because it is possible to squelch children's independence and desire to do for themselves if we tell them no too much, constantly, day in, day out, all day long. Now, of course, this is child independent. For children who are highly persistent, it's almost impossible. But for kids who are low in persistence and who are more natural people pleasers, it can happen without us really realizing what we're doing. So we want them to do things for themselves, but we also want them to follow our instructions and not really push back much when it's time to do what we want them to do. And this is the real challenge. And I will get into answering Anna's questions right after a word from our sponsor. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. And four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G E T P U R O A I R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Now that we're back, after a word from our sponsor, I want to answer Anna's question about instilling leadership skills, even starting as early as her little guy, who is now two. Now the first thing i like to tell parents about getting around the nose is to baby and toddler proof everything as much as possible if your toddler keeps going to the adult bookshelf and pulling all the books off or shaking an unsteady shelf and it's annoying at best and unsafe at worst do what you can to baby proof it take all the books and knickknacks off the reachable shelves And if you need to, secure the shelf to the wall if needed, if it's unstable, or simply remove the entire thing and put it away for a few years. It may seem like a big waste of time or annoying, but if it saves you 10 minutes a day of putting everything back, or worrying about the shelves falling over, that they're gonna break a knickknack of some sort, it's worth the time it will take to either just clean off everything, or clean off some shelves that are reachable, or just remove it from the room. The other thing that can work well are baby gates. If there are rooms that are just full of too many off-limit things, you wanna put a baby gate up. So baby or toddler proofing is one of the easiest ways to save yourself months, if not a year or more of frustrations and still allow your baby or toddler to explore to his or her heart's content and you feel safe about it. Another option to reduce the nose is using choices it allows parents to allow some freedom but with some limits in place. So in winter when it's chilly and you don't want your child wearing shorts. Well first it's probably easiest to put those clothes away so they're out of sight and out of mind. But just in this example, offering a choice of which pants eliminates the shorts as an option but opens the choices to which pair of pants or even sweats or jeans as an example. For breakfast, Fruit is always a must in our house, so it's not a matter of whether they eat fruit or not, but which fruit. So for little ones, just two or up to three choices for those three and under. Apples, strawberries, or melon. Set the choice and stay within them. However, if your child says oranges, it's fine to accept that as an answer as long as you have one available, of course. It shows your child is still thinking along the lines of fruit. And so you could say, sure, you could have an orange today since that's another type of fruit. Basically, for toddlers and even preschoolers up through three and even four, you want to offer as many choices as you can all day long. There are three types of choices. There's what choices, how choices, and where choices. Toast or cereal, short sleeves or sleeveless, now or in five minutes, upstairs or downstairs, this seat or that seat. And then there's the no choice choice. When a toddler really pushes back and you need them to comply with something like getting into the car, the do you want to do it by yourself or would you like me to do it for you choice? This is a how choice. It says we're doing this, but you can decide how it's going to get done. Another example, now this is a where choice, but how a where choice might turn into a how choice is the where choice first that I mentioned earlier. Do you want to get dressed upstairs or downstairs in the bathroom or your room? And then if the refusal comes in and those choices and they just get pushed back, then you go to the how choice. Do you want to get dressed yourself or would you like me to dress you? What's great about choices is that they give kids the feeling of a lot of freedom. So if they get to choose their breakfast, their clothes, where they want to get things done, like brushing their teeth or getting dressed or which park to go to, then when you really need them to comply, they're much more likely to just go with it. Not always, of course, but using them a lot and consistently throughout the day does cut down on a lot of pushback and helps life flow much smoother overall. What's also great about choices is that it does give them practice at leadership, at making decisions for themselves. It's the very beginning of that practice, so it's a very important skill. Choices also change and widen as they age and can be used with kids up through age nine. I actually had to use it on my nine-year-old just the other morning. He's not big into fruit. Like I mentioned, the one thing that is a no choice in our house, you have to have a fruit. You get to pick which one. He didn't like the choices I gave him, which was every fruit we have in the house, or so I thought. He asked for snap peas, and I'm fine with vegetables too, but he's limited his fruit selection way too much. So I told him he did need to pick a fruit. So he picked a melon, which. I didn't mention because I would have had to cut it up and we were a bit squeezed for time since we wanted to walk to school for the first day back, but I obliged because he did pick a fruit and it was only a few minutes of my time. So as you can see, choices can be a negotiating tool even with a nine-year-old. Now for more on choices, including the pitfalls and how to avoid those, you can see the class on choices on the website, along with all the other classes on discipline, tools, and techniques at yourvillageonline.com under the discipline tab. So now I wanna take a few minutes to talk about instilling leadership skills and how these little things early on can set the foundation for more complex skills as they age. When it comes to how these skills transfer to leadership later on, the baby proofing, allowing the toddler to explore their world without constantly being told no, it supports their budding independence and curiosity. The choices, as I've already mentioned, gives young children practice at making choices and being successful. As they age, they get to take on bigger and more complicated choices. So this early practice is building the foundation for each new step. Now, I covered the topic of self-esteem a lot in this podcast, but self-esteem is so important for having the confidence to try new things. When we try new things, sometimes we succeed and sometimes we fail. Self-esteem is the glue that keeps us together and moving on when we fail to be able to look at the problem try to figure out why it didn't work the first time come up with a solution and try again and again Now we usually call this resilience but self-esteem is a big part of being resilient so if you haven't heard the episode on self-esteem be sure to go back and listen to that episode it's episode number two now just a quick side note i've seen a couple of comments on my podcast and i got an email that some of the older episodes can no longer be they're no longer working or can't be found. Um, and I'm not sure why this is, they might drop off of some of the broadcasting that's picked them up, but if you can't find some of these older episodes, they're all on my website. So you can go to yourvillageonline.com podcast, and you can scroll all the way back to the beginning, they're all there. So you can listen to the older ones if you like from there. Now I covered this topic of self-esteem very early because it's such an important building block. And there are other various episodes where I answer questions related to self-esteem, so I'm sure you can just search through them to find more. Now, of course, you can always see the classes on self-esteem, one for kids birth through five and the other for kids five and over. They're both on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the health and development section. Now, one tip on self-esteem I do wanna cover here because I just touched on this is giving kids the opportunity to fail and then sharing the lesson that it is an opportunity to learn. So if your child wants to do something for him or herself and you aren't sure about their ability to carry it out or you are sure they aren't quite ready, let him or her try anyway. Now, within reason, of course, so long as it won't cause permanent damage or a big mess right as you're trying to get out the door. If it's a high probability of a small mess that you can handle or supervise to minimize the mess, do your best to allow your child to try this task. Two scenarios come to mind as examples. The first is pouring a liquid. If you can supervise and minimize a potential spill, or if it's likely to be a spill but a small one, try to bite your tongue and let your child try it. Stay close by, maybe add some support to the bottle, but if he or she spills, you can positively reinforce the effort and then help her problem solve on ways to do better next time. Also, have your child clean up the spill. Let them know where to get the towels, have them clean it up, point out how to get it all cleaned up and put that in the laundry basket. You can do this with any activity or attempt, be it block building, getting across the monkey bars or what have you recognize the effort and help your child keep working at it, learning from her previous efforts. The other scenario that comes to mind was one I dealt with with my daughter when she was very little. And I've actually shared the story before, but it was in a different context. But obviously it left a big impression on me. She was, I think, barely three. She may have even still been two because we're still living in our old house, but she insisted on buttoning her own pants. I knew she did not yet have the dexterity to do it, but I let her go ahead and try to her heart's content. She wasn't gonna break anything. She wasn't gonna hurt anything. Why not? After about 20 minutes, she came back to me after finally having tried her best to do it on her own to have me do it for her. I recognized her effort and let her know that soon enough with a little more practice that she would be able to get it on her own. And sure enough, in a couple more months, she was able to do it on her own. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.